All right, this is Jared back with another episode. I think this is episode 25, if I'm counting right. And I got Taylor on with me. We're going to go over the KPRC STC match from 27 March, kind of like a post match after action report ordeal. Um, but a shot at STC is back open now, which is Severance Training Center. Uh, Derek and Chris's range out in Conway Springs, they're back open. Got the green light. So we had our first match out there. Oh, what's it been? Seven or eight months? Six months? I think about seven months was when it, when uh, Beamer said the other day. Yeah, so since it had closed down. So get that thing back up and running. is the second KPRC, the Kansas Precision Rifle Club match. So we're getting that back up and running. And uh, Taylor and I were BS before it, kind of wondering if we were going to go and had to do some work for Taylor to get him up and running. We'll, we'll get into some of that. So, so Taylor, how was it for you? Well, I kind of expected myself to do a lot better, but on the same note, I kind of thought, okay, things might be a little rough because I hadn't picked up my match rifle since the finale back in October, but all in all, it was, it was okay, but not, not what I was hoping for, but yeah. no fault of anybody's but my own. Yeah. Same here. So that was, that was one of my first questions. What did you prepare prepare for the match? So it sounded like you hadn't picked yours up since October. Yeah. I, I guess done. I should say I hadn't, I hadn't shot it since October. Uh, the, about two days before the match, I, uh, I, I did some dry fire for about, oh, 20 minutes or so. And then uh, verified the SD on my ammo to make sure annealing it was going to fix it, and it did. So, really, that was about all I did before to, I guess, prepare. Yeah. Well, that was some that was some cool info, actually, if you wanted to go over it. Your pre-annealed SDs and numbers compared to your post-annealed, so. Yeah, so uh, looking at my notes, um, my pre-annealed – I had shot my SDs were, uh, I think, right around 10. And with the same load, uh, same power charge, same seating depth, uh, after you annealed it on your amp, uh, it dropped it down to an SD of like a 4.2 uh, with everything else staying the same. Yeah, so that was, that was pretty crazy. I know there's a lot of people that don't, don't kneel at all and really can't. I don't, know, I don't know if there's any real firm data, but that's that's pretty good data right there. You, how many times have you fired it before I ended up annealing it for you that day? Uh, it was actually only fired twice uh, since it had been annealed. So yeah, really, I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought it would have made that big a difference. But yeah, I know there's some people that go three. I've heard some of the guys at some of the matches talking about they haven't ever annealed and they've got what eight, nine firings or or times through on their brass. So I don't know. Yeah. It, it is pretty interesting. I'm I had a Neil Ease, a Neil Easy, one of the first first editions. In fact, I still have it. I'll probably end up listing it for sale here pretty cheap sometime soon. Bought that amp and it's just too easy now. So I, I do it every Every firing, bring it home, anneal it, size it, tumble it, and get back into rotation. But so I can't, yeah. I think I shot, I went out and shot mine before the match, the Thursday before the match. So I had to work the Friday, was off the Saturday. And I usually shoot strings of five. I think I shot a string of nine, just checking zero. And my SD was like 3.7 or something like that. I mean, it's just, ridiculous what the gun will do i just can't back it up is <laughs> my issue i hear you there so yeah what so preparing for the match so you said he's like 20 minutes you did some dry firing i didn't even yeah. do that i shot the great plains match come home put the gun away i was kind of upset about the way that went that match went and obviously i should have been shooting more i went to the range a couple times and practice obviously like i said check numbers and check zero and didn't pick it back up and then didn't do any dry firing like I usually do. 
the the off day before and went out and yeah, it went bad for me too. I think I got 30th place, 29th place, something like that. It was it was ugly, pretty upset with myself. So try and change that up for the next go around. So what let's go through what were you shooting? You changed up your uh, your rifle a little bit for this year. Well, I think you had it set up for the finale, but go back through it and let us know what you're shooting. Yo, uh, back before the finale, I ended up uh, selling my manners and getting a uh, amp stock from Tourney Arms Company and uh, actually bought it from Chad Timish and uh, did that like the, I think it was like the week before the finale and I liked the feel of it and actually ended up taking eighth at the finale with it. And uh, pretty, uh, pretty comfortable uh, going from a composite stock to an aluminum was definitely a little different, just a different feel, different recoil. Uh, it seemed to, I don't know, it almost seemed to deaden it, but maybe it's just me. I don't know. Um, still shooting impact action, Bartman barrel, trigger tech trigger, uh, Minox scope. So everything else is the same, just the switch stuff. Now you're shooting uh what are you shooting for bullets? Uh still shooting 109 burgers. 109s, yeah. So that's the same thing yeah. I'm shooting. Yeah. I couldn't remember yeah. shooting 105s or 109s. Yeah, and uh Lapua brass and Varget powder and the Unicorn primers. Yeah, no kidding. I see there's there's more floating around. I saw. Oh, I joined one of the Facebook pages. Uh, guys that shoot down around Louisiana. In fact, Brian Allen posted them. If you signed up for his match, he had some. I think they're he's selling BR fours. So they aren't the four fifties, but the BR fours, which are a little more expensive retail anyway, but. I think it's selling a thousand at a time. If you signed up for the match, then you got in on, could buy some. I think it's selling them for like 75 bucks a thousand, which isn't what they used to sell for, but they're starting to trickle around. I've seen some more, more people offering up powder and some more powder coming, coming available. So hopefully it's somewhat yeah. turning around. We'll see. Yeah. I think things are going to start loosening up just a little, but I still think it's going to be, quite a while before things return to whatever we can call normal. Yeah. If, if they ever do, you know, who knows? It's as crazy as things are getting. Yeah, I know. Well, Tyler, Tyler Perry, he's, he's been pretty cool here locally. He, he's been hooking us up with info and he'd post on our little group chat. I think last time he posted when, Brown nails or whatever had some primers, which has been a while ago, but letting everybody know. Oh, what's this company named? Perry Precision. I'll have to tag him on here. He ended up getting a couple thousand, a couple blocks of 450s and sold them at the that KPC, KPRC match for what he, he got them for, which yeah. still wasn't, wasn't retail, but was the best price I've seen. So they're out there. There's there's people hooking each other up, so it's good to see. But Tyler's yeah. definitely definitely been hooking some of us up. It's always nice to see those guys that aren't uh, taking advantage of the situation and selling it for you know triple of what normal price is. You know, just trying to take advantage of the hysteria and panic. Yeah. Yeah. So what was I shooting? I was shooting my setup. I've been shooting for a little while. I was shooting the foundation stock impact dasher using the alpha OCD brass, zero compromise scope, 109 burgers and Varget BR or uh, CCI 450s. So yeah, like I said, SD like 3.7 over nine nine rounds and absolutely no excuses out of the gun. But just didn't didn't go as well. Like I said, 29th, I think for me, the match, the match altogether was a blast. I like his 90 second part times. I like that. 
I, I mean, I think I would have, maybe I would have little, done a little better with two minutes. I don't think I really timed out, but one or two stages. But I liked all the movement. Beamer had set up a lot of movement on this one. And not just movement, but, oh, what stage was it? Stage two, the Connex box. So we got a Connex box, so there's windows cut out of it. That one we had shoot from five different windows, 90 seconds shoot from five different windows at two targets. And the two targets had a span of what? 100, 200 yards between them? Probably what, 150 or 200 yards? I think yes. that was, I think that was stage three. Was that stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That's stage three. So yeah, I mean, it was between 90 seconds, five different windows, throwing your gun in and out. And it, usually it's somewhat of a five different windows, but you shoot the same target twice. This was five different windows and you spanned 150, 200 yards moving around and they were 50, 60 yards off. So one you're doing just a little bit of hold over or hold under. So that, that type, those type of matches and those type of stages are fun. I like those. So the match was a blast. I just did a lot worse than I was wanting to. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gets us into the, the favorite stage. We talked about obviously three was, what was your favorite stage? Oh, I'd have to say probably stage seven. Seven, which Back one was that? Let me look my notes. The sideways rooftop with the diamond TYO. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go go ahead. Give us give us the rundown on that one. Uh yeah, that one it was a 460-yard diamond TYL shooting off of a sideways rooftop. But the way it was, you could actually get your bipod up there for front support and use your rear bag. Um I actually cleaned that stage. It was the only one I cleaned all day. Did you? That one had a tiny little diamond on that last. That last diamond was small. Yeah. Well, we actually that was the stage we started on, so the wind wasn't really blowing too bad when we when we started. So, and the plates the plates were clean, so you could see your your impacts on the first few targets to get your windage. So that was yeah. probably probably my favorite stage. I I kind of enjoy shooting those TYLs just to test myself and i cleaned it so that helped <laughs> yeah that's those are always my favorites yeah that that one was fun like you said we i think majority of the people use there so yeah it's kind of a sideways rooftop it's not the one you climb on one side and kind of rest on the top so right. and it wasn't i like the way they had it set up because the the top of the rooftop like the pitch wasn't pointed directly at the TYL. Yeah. It was kind of off, canned off it to the kinda, left side. It kind of forced you to get a little uncomfortable with your with your rear back. You couldn't get directly over the peak, so you had to kind of get off to the side. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a pretty cool one. I like that one. My my favorite would have been stage one. Stage one was a fun one. I like that one. That one was. Let me read the description here. That was on the top of the tower on the east side of the range. Minute, the minute 30, 10 rounds had IP6, which the first one was like a 33% or 40%, whatever. At 309, 414, 514, 610, 701, and then the diamond TYL that's been out there for quite some time at 805. So you started on the on the bench. Well, modified prone off the bench, so using bipod and rear bag. Oh, and uh, shot the one shot each at the Ipsix all the way out, and then transferred to the ground to prone or to the deck prone, and then took five shots at the TYL. Right, I ended up scoring a seven, so it wasn't a real good, but I got the most shots off. So I think I was actually last or second to last on that. And watched everybody on the Ipsix dial. And actually, the wind wasn't too bad. That was our, we started, that was actually our second. So, yeah, I did go, I did go last. I went first, our first one was 10. I went second. 
stage one, I watched everybody else just run out of time, barely get laid down. You know, they'd get through their first five and barely get to the ground and start trying to attack the TYL. Beamer was up there watching this, and I was like, maybe I, sh- maybe I should hold over. And Beamer actually made a comment like, man, I didn't realize it was going to take this long for people to get down there. Maybe someone ought to hold over. I was like, yeah, I was just thinking that I'm going to run it. So I ended up holding over and, and cleaned it all the way out to the TYL, and they got the, the two diamonds by the time I run out of time. <clears throat> and I think that was, I think seven or even eight was the, the high score on that stage. Didn't do too bad on that. And then, like I said, the uh, they called it the shoot house, but the the Connex box with the windows, I had a good – I thought that was fun. I ended up taking a, a seven on that. I only got eight shots off and took a seven on that one. So, I was pretty happy with that. Like I said, it's it's fun. I like shooting those different windows. and That span on the targets was, was a good time. It wasn't just the same ones every time. So – what about your least favorite stage? And you can have more than one because I have more than one. I don't know. I think for that match, my least least favorite was your most favorite stage one with the tower. Yeah, yeah, you didn't like it. I I always have trouble on that TYL rack out there. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the mirage or if the berms mess with the wind and I just don't see it but I had it in my head that I was going to do holdovers because I didn't want to time out and so I dialed for the first target and then my next target was eight tenths of a mil more than my first one so I held eight tenths over and somehow shot clear under the target I don't know if I just wasn't steady or if I just jerked the trigger real hard or what, but went ahead and uh, got the rest of the way out just fine and thought I had my dope figured out on the wind pretty good on the diamonds. And I let the shot loose on the first diamond and was calling for about six to seven tenths of wind and so I dialed it and shot about eight tenths off the plate. Oh, dang. So I ended up going almost to a straight up hold and got uh, one another shot off. And I think I timed out after that. But. And I talked to a, another guy in our squad that was shooting. He's shooting a RA also, about the same bullet and same speed. I said, "What did you end up holding for that <clears throat> that first Ipsit or the first diamond?" And he said, "Well, I I ended up holding. I had to hold eight tenths to hit center." So I thought, "Okay, well, that's what I was seeing." So I don't know. The wind must have just completely completely died off out there after. Yeah by the time I got out to it. So yeah, it's a good stage and, but I just, I always struggle with it. I don't know why. So I I always make that my least favorite. And I think (laughs) a big part of it is I just, I see that and I'm like, okay, I always struggle with this. So I think I just mentally beat myself before I even get up to it. Yeah. Yeah. We were kind of seeing the same thing. Like, Obviously, that was our second stage. So the wind wasn't nearly as bad as I think I got up to 17, 18 mile an hour gust by the time we got done with today. But in the morning, it wasn't too bad. It was single digits, I think, still then. And we were almost the same way. So I don't know if it is the berms or they built that back berm up a little bit. And now they're out there building it up even more. So I think that's going to play with the wind. But we were almost the same way. I think my, I think my dope was calling for, for six tenths. And I saw it. I think I ended up holding two tenths by the time I got it dialed in on the diamonds, which made no sense because it was we're shooting basically straight north and it was a 10 30, 11 o'clock wind coming almost 10 mile an hour. It, I don't know, the numbers just didn't add up. So there was something going on out there that, yeah, people were almost holding straight up to get impacts by the time it was done. But 
My yeah, least. Little, Go ahead. It's just kind of frustrating, you know. By the time we shot it, the mirage was pretty getting kind of heavy, and I I don't know. Sometimes I just get too focused, and I don't pay attention to everything that's going on around me. I need to do better about that. But oh well, it's behind. Time to time to move on from it, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my least favorite. I had two two in a row. So we got down on stage five which I ended up shooting with Greg Harris and Jake Sure and Trent Jordan and Chris. Like I shot with a good group. So that was, it made the whole, it made the day a good, a good day, even though I shot horrible. So we, we started on stage 10. So it's all the way down in the West. And then we walk up to the East, do stage one, two and three, and then walk back down to the West again. So we got, we got our rucking in for the day. So we get back down there to the west side and stage five. So it's a barricade in the rooftop. Like I said, a minute 30, eight rounds, 427 yards. They're all in the same berm on this one, two different targets, a 50% ipsic and an eight-inch square. So we started, took two positions on the barricade and shot uh, the ipsic and the square on one, one position and moved shot the same thing, and then move to the uh, rooftop, which is a different rooftop. It was the conventional rooftop where you, you climb up on it or shoot off the side of it. And then you shot the same Ipsic square and then move to a different one Ipsic square. Anyway, I get out there feeling steady, pull the trigger on the first one. I think I shot just off right, which would have been not enough wind, the way the wind was blowing. Pulled over like three tenths because I was just off the edge. Send another one at the square, and I'm off the left side of the square. Like what the? All right, so I go to a different position. Same same thing. So I the whole time I bounced left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. wasn't making any sense. In fact, I I come off there, and I think Jake was keeping score. I said, was that a Z? Did I get a zero? Did I hit anything? Because I couldn't even remember by that time. I was getting so frustrated. He's like, yeah, man. And he's apologizing. He's telling me, oh, yeah, man, sorry. Like, no, it ain't nothing on you. But, he, you know, he's trying to trying to keep me upbeat. And uh, I go back, and I'm like, what is going on? I've been shooting pretty well up to that point. And I go back, set my gun on the rack. And I got to thinking, I listened to the JTAC podcast, and and uh, Clay had talked about at the Armageddon Cup, his brake come loose. In fact, they're supposed to be coming out with a new brake, him and Austin Oregon putting a new brake together. That's supposed to have some sort of um, like hex head bolts or, or uh, oh, whatever they're called, just to secure it on there so it's not going to come loose. So I got to think about that. I was like, man, I wonder. So I went over there and just grabbed the top of my rifle. So I have an APA fat bastards when I'm running and no shit, that thing. I just spun it, spun it loose with a finger. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I said, how, what are the chances? I've never had one come loose. And in fact, I put it on there with a wrench. So to tighten it up. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I bumped it or just riding around in the truck. Usually I'm not putting it in the case. I just kind of throw it in my back seat and I run out there and shoot it and I come back home. So I don't know. So obviously I'm going to start checking that. So I, so I chalked it up to that. It's like, all right, that hadn't, that hadn't been it. So I move. So my least favorite number two was the very next stage is the barricade PRS barricade. And that's the usual minute, minute 30, four positions, the 10 inch circle, like the tiebreaker. And I feel stable, and I, I get a one. I don't think I've ever shot a one on the PR, I've, ever. I think even when I first started, I was getting threes and fours. But I know my, my brake was tight. I don't know if it was in my head or what. And then we get, you know, we get to the stage after that. The sideways rooftop, I end up shooting a seven, which I thought was a decent one on that one. So I, I don't know. I had two least favorites. And – I think part of my issue might be like you was talking about. I get in my own head, and then I'm worried about the last shot or the last stage. Um, I know one of the one of the things I'm going to work on, or 
like my next question, what what'd you learn from this match? I have got to practice my follow through. I know at the beginning of the match, I was watching, following through, seeing my misses or my impacts. And I don't know if it's once the uh, steel gets all beat up and I can't see my impacts, I can still see my misses usually, or I'm just not paying attention to, to target swing or I'm going to go back out and play with a lot of stuff. Like in my, I was running my, uh, magnification at like 13 or 14. It wasn't even at my, I got hash marks at 12 and 15 on that Zico. And I wasn't riding, running it quite all the way to 15. So I don't, I don't think I had too much magnification on. I, I don't know. I think it's my follow through. I just, I get lazy on it because I know it was working, working well at the beginning of the match. I know I was paying attention to it. So I don't know what, what, uh, magnification you run what do you run in competition usually? Oh, a lot of times I run mine uh, either maxed out or most of the way maxed out. Yeah. It kind of it depends on the stage, but most of the time I keep it pretty high. I like to be able to see uh, the target and where I hit on it to know that if I'm close to one side or the other, if I need to correct a little bit, uh, it kind of, I don't know. It just kind of depends on how the match is going. If I'm doing okay and hitting, I'll keep it tight. But if I get to where I'm missing off target, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and back it out to where I can, uh, try to see my misses if they're high or low or left or right. Yeah. So I, like I said, I'm going to get out. I need to get out of the range and just experiment, just play around. I don't, I don't, another issue I'm thinking about is, uh, I don't free recoil, but I don't, I don't push, I don't load into any barricades. I, you know, I get it up there to where it's pinching my t shirt at least, and I've got just a little bit of pressure on it, but I don't ever load because always in the past, every time I tried it, that makes my wobble zone go just huge. So I don't know if I need to get out there and start putting a little more pressure, a lot more pressure. So I'm going to start, I need to really get out there and just start playing with it because I want to get this thing figured out. But I don't know. What do you, what do you do for, for pressure, for loading? You load into it, you free recoil, you kind of load into it. It, it kind of depends on the, the barricade. If it's a little more wobbly, uh, if I can, if I know there's a stop to the wobble, then I'll try to put as much pressure on as I can to get the barricade to quit moving. And then if I'm wobbly, I'll just kind of let off on pressure until I get steady. Uh, but if it's a, if it's a slick, a slicker surface, like the, the metal barricade that's out at uh, Twin Peaks, um, I may not push or, you know, put as much pressure on it. You know, because you can slide the rifle or the background on the surface pretty easy. It just kind of depends on what exactly I'm shooting off of. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I got to get out there and play around and see what works. I, well, we'll get into it, what, what's coming next. So what'd you learn from the match? Did you learn anything? What do you plan on doing different yeah, or changing? I need to change my attitude and work on my mental game a lot more. Uh, by the time we got around, so we started on stage seven. By the time we got around to about stage, oh, stage five. After stage four, I, I don't know. I kind of just mentally checked out. I think on stage, I think I dropped like seven shots on those last two stages. But I kind of just kind of just let it get to my head. But I wasn't doing real good and things weren't going great. Yeah. yeah work on here. work on trying to forget the last stage and just worry about the one that's in front of me and not what just happened. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I've done I've done better with that. I used to get real worried about it. I think I've done better with that, but I don't. I don't know how I had two bad stages in a row. I don't know if it got in my head or I, or what. I don't remember because I was trying to. I try to keep a a conscious reminder of 
you know, even shot to shot. Like, all right, where'd that one go? Let's fix the next one. Let's fix the next one. So I don't know. Like I said, I got some experimenting to do to go out and just play around, try and figure it out, see what works best for me. Yeah. Um, I, I knew after a while, I knew I let it get to my head because I made the comment multiple times, man, I wish I would have just went fishing instead. <laughs> yeah, I remember you and your dad saying that. Yeah, yeah, I was joking around. I got back. Chris and Chad, they were checking in on me while I was out there and I got back. And that's why I, I sent them. I ought to just sell all my shit. I, I was joking around. I was like, man, there are certain days I was like, man, why did I, why did I do that? Why did I do like second guessing myself on the bad stuff? Like why, what was I thinking? I think I mentioned that a few times. I had my dad there with me. I said, man, I'm just going to sell all my stuff and buy me a boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another money, another money pit. Stressful. And I thought, man, I'm probably spending more money on a boat than I would shooting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what do you what do you plan on working on before your next match? We've obviously talked about some of it, but anything that really sticks out in your mind you're going to work on? Yeah, I think I noticed I got a little slappy on the trigger towards the probably the second half of the match, and, and that could have been a lot of my problem was just not uh, having good trigger pulls. But I also oh after the end of the finale, I just I felt like my trigger was a little light, so I went ahead and I turned it up, but I don't have a trigger pull gauge to know exactly where it's at. But I just I didn't want to run the risk of a AD or an ND. And <clears throat> I think I probably should have practiced with it after I did that to get used to it. Yeah. I, I, I need to work on everything, that's for sure. But as far as specifics, probably the mental aspect of it and uh, just working on building good positions and following through. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm supposed to be nice this weekend. I want to try and get out. Like I said, they're still doing a little bit of dirt work out at STC since the match, building the berms up a little higher. <clears throat> so if that opens back up, I'm going to head back out there. So. If you want to come out, let me know. I'm going to try and get some of my stuff figured out. But was your overall impression of the match? Like like we said, it had been seven or eight months since we've been out there. Not really. There isn't much that changed with the range itself, other than they, they built some more berms, some different berms, built them a little higher. Had to put some different – instead of T-posts, they, they had to go to AR-500 posts, which actually made the – the steel was ringing pretty loud, so that, that was kind of cool. But other than that, the, the range didn't really change. They took all the steel down, put new steel up, so the, the uh, stages themselves were were different than anything we'd shot, really, other than maybe stage one was probably the same. But the majority of the rest of them were different and new. What was your overall impression of the match? I would say despite my pretty uh, – abysmal performance I would say that was probably one of the more fun matches I've ever shot just with all the movement and the target sizes were good I don't know it was fun I had a fun squad uh, oh it was yeah, it was probably one of my probably one of my top favorite matches so far yeah same same here uh, when I went out Thursday and checked numbers beamers out there finishing up setting up um, and yeah, I liked, I liked the 90 minute part-times because I'm, I'm already signed up for a couple of national matches this year and I'm sure they're going to probably be 90 minute or 90 second part-times. So I kind of like shooting that. I can see why you go to two, two minute at, at, uh, the local matches just, you know, for the practice and for some of the, the newer shooters, which. I still count myself in there because obviously my performance, but it was a fun match. Like we talked about, I like the movement. I actually usually shoot pretty good on the movement stages with a lot of movement. And there weren't many stages at all. In fact, it might've been just the rooftop. Might've been the only stage that you just stayed put. Once you set your gun down, that was the only, you didn't move it again. 
Yeah, I was just trying to look through my. Uh, I think, if I remember right, I think that that is the only one. That once you once you sat your gun down, that was it. Yeah, that was because even on the uh, even on the tower stage one, you move from the bench to prone. Yep, yep drop to prone. Yeah, I think yeah. out of think of the ten that. Stage seven was the only one where you stayed on the same prop the entire time. Yeah, yeah. So I like I like that. Um, I liked how we had ten stages, so we did ten squads, and we we uh, cut them up to a five or I think there was maybe one or two squads that had six people in it. So that we were done by one thirty, two o'clock, I think. Yeah, it was something like that. It was it went pretty quick between the small squads and the. 90 second part times. Yeah, so I, I like that. I was able to get back home and get some of my chores done so I didn't get in trouble with the boss at the house. So so that yeah, I liked it. I liked the match. Ran smooth, ran well, no target failures or anything like that. So there really wasn't anything that, that stopped us once we got started. I don't think. I don't think he ever went down range. No, I don't I don't think we ever had had any issues. Yeah. I heard of I never did. I mean, I never heard any complaints about uh, about the format or anything. Did you? No, I haven't heard anything negative at all. In fact, I, it's like I said, it's not T post anymore. It's it's AR five hundred yeah. post turned turned obviously. So if you're going to hit the post, you're really getting a yep. good shot on it. But so yeah, I, for target failures, they, there's got to be something going on. Now I, I did hear one group was was squealing a little bit about the PRS barricade. I don't know if it was the same when you shot it, but the target, the tenant circle was candid a little bit. Yeah, I think it was more like a six or an eight-inch circle. <laughs> yeah, so but I, I did hear some squealing about that, but I think I think everybody ended up shooting it that way. Like, I don't I don't think there was any, any sort of squad that got it straight all ten inches of it. Beamer was down – uh, he was actually spotting for us when we shot that uh, stage. And uh, I made a comment about it, just giving him a hard time. So, man, you could at least set the target straight. And he said, well, you think about it. He said, it's kind of like the Matrix. Your bullet is uh, coming in. You know, it's curving when it goes in there. So, it's still hitting the plate square. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the way the wind was blowing, it would have worked out like that. And I, like I said, I got a one on it. I can't say nothing because Greg sat there and cleaned it. The other guy's got six, sevens, and eights. So it, I, I, I got a whopping four, so I wasn't too far ahead of you. But yeah, that was that was one of those deals. It was the last stage. I was ready to go home and had a long day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just send them and get done. Yeah. Before I started, I was like, I don't even care what I get on it. I'm just going to get through it. <laughs> yeah. So when, when, where and what is your next match? What do you got planned next? Well, I was I was planning on being one of those late signups for the uh, Southwind, but after I got to work Monday, when I was there for a few hours before I had to go to Hutch for a fire. Um, I was looking at how much work I had and probably going to have to start working Saturday. So I don't know when my next match is going to be or where. Yeah. If, uh, you know, if it comes in and rains on like a Thursday or Friday, uh, you know, maybe get in on a club match or something if I can. But other than that, I may be, that may have been my only match till summertime i was gonna say you probably don't slow down until summertime after everybody gets everything planted and done with or what uh yeah once once harvest is over that's that's gonna things slow down for just a little bit but from basically from now till then uh it's gonna be a lot of long days and late nights yeah now my next I don't have a whole lot planned. I've got 
well, for right now, I've got my year planned out, <clears throat> which I think I'd mentioned on here. There was a chance of me getting promoted and maybe having to move. So come, I got the word on that. And I may be moving this fall. So we'll see. I've got spring and summer planned out. Yeah. In fact, my manning, so my manning work is so shitty that April, I won't the only thing I've got planned for April is another KPRC match at STC on the I think it's the 24th. I wanted to go to South Southwinds, not this week, but next week, right here in Kansas. Really wanted to go to that, but I don't I don't have the I don't have the manning. I don't have anybody that can backfill my spot. So I'm going to miss out on that one. And then uh, I'm already registered for the Oki Showdown and Justin Watts at, at Falbor. First or second weekend of May. And then I take a one weekend off. And then I've, I'm going to head out to New Mexico. I've got that one paid for already. So Beamer and loves, really loves a match out at the New Mexico NRA. Uh, range. So I'm going to step into the big leagues and get crushed, but that's what they say you got to do to try and get better. So I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully we get some rain. You can come out to STC with me on the 24th. Yeah. I'm hoping things will work out. It's, it's a little bit easier to get away for just, you know, most of a day instead of where like the south wind I'd, I'd be gone you know friday afternoon and all day saturday and all day sunday and that just it gets a little tough yeah having a two-year-old two-year-old going on 18 <laughs> oh tr- oh boy trust me i know all about it i can give you all sorts of horror stories but i won't do that they're She's all cute and innocent now. You just wait. Uh, cute, yes. Innocent, no. <laughs> yeah, it only gets better. Uh, any new gear? You got any new gear that you bought or looking to buy that you're excited about? Uh, I haven't. I haven't added anything to the collection uh, for quite a while. Um, thinking about trying the uh, medium game changer. You have one already? I I don't have the Schmedium. I've got the OG. I've got a spare in the cabinet. But it's not the it's not the wax canvas one either. So I like the feel of those a little better. Yeah. I've got I'm just I've got a spare if you want to if you want to try it out before you buy it. Yeah, I might have. But other than that, I think I'm pretty much just going to try to keep everything the same. Uh, I don't know. I keep eyeballing those foundations. They kind of they kind of yeah. got my they're uh, I don't know. Just maybe one of these days the mood will hit you know. Bite yeah, the bullet and get there's plenty of them around if you want to try one, that's for sure. Yeah. And that, yeah, it, it took me a while to come off the money to, to buy one. Now I got a second one on the way. I've been on order for quite kind some of, time now, but I'm kind of torn in between that and <clears throat> an amp and either. Yeah. That's those are kind of maybe the two of the bigger things that I like have my eyes on as far as upgrading equipment because right now I don't have an annealer at all and uh, you uh, you helped me out there big time jumped on that got it, got it done for me yeah well yeah. it wasn't for you doing that I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have got disappointed Saturday yeah so you can yeah you can no, either a, thank me or I'm blame a, me one or the one or the other. <laughs> I'm going to blame you for it. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any excuses, but you're more than welcome to use it whenever you need. But, yeah, there's plenty of there's plenty of foundations around here to try out. 
I tried out a couple right-handed ones before I bought mine. Yeah. Yeah. Coming off the money hurts a little bit. My wallet. Well, it's easy to say that my wallet usually squeaks whenever I'm trying to spend that much money. I don't like opening it up for that, but yeah. What, uh, what did what did you shoot before? I was shooting an MPA. Okay. What did uh, what did you think about the the difference in recoil they, compared? To the I thought I shoot that MPA. I liked it. I had a weight kit in it, so it's it's pretty yeah. heavy. It was like eighteen pounds or something like that. <clears throat> and I I liked that dry fired a lot with it, and I got that uh, foundation. So I thought the whole dead recoil and this and that, I was like, ah, I don't know, it's sales gimmick or whatever, which actually, now that I think about it, I don't even think you'll ever hear John Kyle talk about deadening the recoil. I think it's everybody else that shoots them. That's kind of what they talk about. Got one. I ended up putting a weight kit in. I bought a weight kit off Sniper's Hide. I think it's like Deep South Tactical sells them. <clears throat> they yeah. sell them on, on Sniper's Hide too. Threw that in there, so it got about the same – <clears throat> same weight as my MPA was. I think it's like 18, 19 pounds. And yeah, even dry firing, I there's no reticle bounce just from the hammer dropping on that. I mean, it's crazy how it did it did it dead in the the recoil. Now I can't do my part and follow through and watch where I hit or miss at, but dry firing, you can I can tell the difference right off. I mean, first trigger pull, I could tell the difference. Yeah. So yeah, and I kind of kind of noticed that difference from going from my manners to this amp. But I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought there would have been that much difference, but it definitely seemed like I had a little less recoil bounce when dry firing with my current setup than the previous. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't I don't know. Like I said, I gotta get out and experiment. For my new gear, I don't really have any new gear. I got, a, like I said, I had a foundation on the way, but it's it's been on the, it's been ordered for a month and a half, two months. So I imagine it'd be on the way here soon. <clears throat> um, other new gear. So I've had just today. I had a couple <clears throat> barrels from CJ's Precision. I've had them sitting in my safe, but I got them out since it was a semi nice day. Got them painted up. Got them all black, so that was just me kind of tinkering around. Some other dasher barrels. Um, but as far as gear, uh, kind of let the cat out of the back, some of the upcoming stuff. Chris Baxter owns Kansas Arms Supply. I talked to him quite a bit on here. He ended up getting hit up by a manufacturer of some brakes. And he sent him some brakes for see if he wanted to test them out and sell. So we're going to test those out. In fact, it was one of the brakes was the one that Chad was running. They put on the night before and won the Great Plains match with it. So we're going to test some of those out. And I want to give one of those a try. Like I said, right now I'm using the Fat Bastard from APA. I'd have to look them up. I think they're M&M. Don't hold me to it. But I'll look them up. I'll post them on here. He's got a couple different brakes. Try some of those out. Give them a test. Like you and I were talking about, there's some tests that we want to run with some reticle cant. And I think uh, Mike Lilly put one out at one time, but we want to try and dial it in a little bit more and see, see what reticle cant does to impacts and how far that moves that stuff off. So there's a lot of little tinkering I want to do. And it's probably not the best time with – Components being low, but I've got enough to tinker a little bit just because it's piqued my interest. That was part of part of the reason why I haven't got that got around to doing that yet was just kind of the situation with all the components. I I have enough to last me for a while, but it's one of those if it's not really necessary, I wasn't gonna gonna you know, use them up, but now, you know, every once in a while you kind of see stuff here and there. It's like, okay, well, you know, maybe I can afford to spend, you know, 20, 30, 40 rounds or whatever to uh, test some stuff and try some things out. Yeah. So, 
think I'm gonna do I'm gonna do some of that tinkering, some of the testing, and try and get some stuff recorded, like even some through the scope recording. See what I can do there. Actually, be able to show show the differences. Um, I got some some more people lined up for some episodes. One of them won't give the cat completely out of the bag. Keep people tuned in and, and kind of paying attention. But I've got a another pay it kind of a pay it forward. It'll be three or four more episodes, and I'll, I'll let a little more info out each time. But it'll be kind of a pay it forward. Um, I'm going to have a try to I'm in contact with one of the top shooters around here and I mean shoot he he goes to national matches ends up in the top 10 almost every time if not every time and even higher than that but kind of been talking to him about doing like a a, a pay it forward or like a range day mentorship day get a couple guys out there that are newer shooters or or kind of like me and having a hard time on getting caught in 30th, you know, 20 to 30th place. <clears throat> so going to do something like that, like a mentorship pay it forward deal. Just we're trying to hash out the details and make sure he's good with it and giving his name out and all that. But I'll, I'll definitely have him on and we'll announce that piece. So stay tuned for that. That'll be two or three more episodes by the time we get it dialed in. But, I think that's going to be a good time for, for some folks, something new coming. So do you have any, uh, any training you're thinking about doing this year at all? No, I've, year? there's a lot of, a lot of training I've thought about. I really, I really want to get down to the JTAC guys, but coming off the thousand bucks for a two day class in a hotel room, that it's, like I said, when my, when I talked about my wallet squeaking when I open it up, that's that's one of those deals. Do I think it would help me out? Absolutely. Trying to come off that much money for a class. I shouldn't even hesitate. I know it would help me out. I know I'd learn something. I've talked to some of the other guys. Jake and Greg have gone on there and take the class, and they said they'd do it again. Like I know it would help me. It's just, man, coming off, coming off that cash. So that's that's why this – like I said, I've been in, in talks with this local pro and that really piqued my interest when, when we got to talking and he, he had brought up like a, it wouldn't really be a training day. It'd be more like a mentorship piece. There wouldn't be any money changing hands. So that, that really piqued my interest, but yeah. How about you? I mean, are you looking at any training? I keep thinking about the going down to JTAC, but <clears throat> I'm kind of like you. It, it's kind of a lot of money, but I don't, I think it would be beneficial. Yeah. Uh, same. I don't, I haven't heard anything bad about the class. There's quite a few local guys that have done it. I've asked them all about it. I don't, I don't see how it's in fact, like I said, I've talked to Jake. I've talked to Greg. They both bragged about it. I talked to Connor Jeter when I had him on, he'd done it once. He went back for a second class, like nothing but good thing. Like only people that go, to it if I have done nothing but brag about it. So I definitely think I would learn something. I think it would help me out. I mean no no hesitation there is going to help me out. Yeah. It's just it's just coming off the off the money is my issue. I think I don't know. Mine will kind of depend if, if it looks like I'm going to be pretty busy and not get to shoot a lot of matches this year. It might be one of those where okay I'm going to save what I would spend on shooting a couple of national matches and travel and that and, and uh, go get some training. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm, and I say that I'm hard coming off the money. I'll, I'll rat hole some money and I'll end up going down there. I'm sure I'm, I'm it's right there on the, on the tip of my, my bank account. Like I'm, I know I need to go. I know I need to do it. So I'm probably going to end up doing it. Just find a weekend that they're free. And I, like I said, my manning piece, <clears throat> I can get down there and make sure I can make it. But yeah, it, it'd be awesome. I'm sure for the, the best shooters in the, in the game. So we'll see. In fact, 
if anybody's on the fence, I think it was, yeah, the Oki showdown, the spring one. PRS just posted they're going to have one of the guys. So I imagine it might be Justin, it might be one of the other guys, but they're going to do like a little mini clinic that Friday we check in. So I can, you can bet on where I will be Friday morning. I'll be down there as soon as I've got to be to try and get in on that. Just try to pick up some pointers. I've been listening to, I listen to almost every precision podcast, rifle podcast. I really like Mac, Max Ordnate. I like Tyler Hughes. He's pretty straightforward. Obviously, I listen to the JTAC stuff, but they they start giving dropping a little hints and then they hold back. They don't they don't give their info. They want you to come to their class, which I understand. So yeah. hopefully I can get down there and try to sneak in on some of the info for this little mini mini class or mini uh, deal they're doing. So we'll see. I'll be down there anyway for the for the match. I'll head down there as early as I got to, to get in on that. So we'll, we'll see. Obviously, I'll be doing some episodes on that, and, you know, the after-action reports on that, trying to get Chris and Chad to do one for, for out of the South Wind match and, and that stuff. So more to come. Hopefully, I can get to a class of some sort. But what else? you have any, uh, any shout-outs? Did you get home and get your barrels? We were talking about that at the match. You had some barrels that – you didn't didn't come in quite on time for you to bring to the match. No, uh, but they were they were sitting there waiting for me on my front steps when I got home. Uh, of course, did that. That's my luck. I always happens that way. <laughs> yeah. So. Have any shout outs for anyone? Or shout out to you for kneeling my brass for me. No and problem, man. Hey, if right on it and getting it done. Yeah, not. Not trying to take money out of any of the guys that kneel, but if any, if that's holding anybody back, that's local. Let me know. I'll, I'll kneel your brass if that's what's holding you back. And not able to shoot, like you said. Oh, you didn't think you were gonna be able to come out and shoot? shoot. Bring it over, drop it off. I'll, I'll knock it out. If that's gonna, that's the only thing holding you back. Bring it on. We'll get you out there and shoot. Um, shout outs. I don't, I don't have any. I gotta mention them. Like I said. Tyler Perry and Perry Precision, he brought those. He got a good deal on on those primers, brought those down so people could pick them up, and he wasn't selling them all to one person. That's pretty pretty stand-up deal there. He, I think he was only selling a 1,000 at a time to get you know get people through and let as many people get some as they could. Jake and Greg for helping, <clears throat> helping out throughout the match. CJ's Precision, like I said, I painted those barrels up. I'm ready to get those. Of course, like I said, my wallet squeaks. I didn't. I didn't spend the money on Cerakote. I bought some. Oh, what's it called? Duracote. It's the coating that's pretty strong. It's not quite spray paint, but I don't have to bake it, so I don't have to throw it in my oven and get in trouble with the wife. That's one of the last ones I painted to black them out. Looks good with the with my stock. And then uh, let me look up those. Uh, um breaks I'll, I'll tag them on here but i think it's m and m precision i'll have to look them up yeah there it is meraki machine his label is mm so i'll i'll tag them on there you guys kind of see it that's that's another one of the tests i'm going to try and do with chad and chris see if we can get some through the scope on the you got a four port a three port and he's got that one that actually shoots out the side and shoots gas up the top that, that uh, Chad was using at the match and won it. One of the first time you were running it. So give a shout out to them, try and get them on sometime too. But if you don't have anything else, I don't want you to get in trouble with the boss either. No, I think I've got plenty of other stuff. I could talk for a long time, but I think. Yeah, uh, yeah we'll have to get I'll some more stuff on here, get some info and make notes of it before I forget it. Yeah, keep it keep it coming. Keep it. And then obviously hopefully listeners, you guys post something. If you're listening, you want to hear about something or anything we talk about and elaborate on, let me know. I'll try to get whoever I need to get on here to elaborate on what we're talking about. But yeah. All right, Taylor. I appreciate you coming on, getting out there and shooting the match with me, even though it didn't quite turn out the way either of us were looking or hoping. But no, all in all, it was still fun. 
Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. So I'd rather be shooting than working. So it wasn't yeah, we too both, bad. We both could have been working. So yeah, it was definitely better than that. Yeah. Maybe should have been working was <laughs> proper way to but yeah. So all right, man. If you ain't got nothing else, I'll uh, I'll let you off here. Yep, that should do it for now. All right, thanks, Taylor. Yep, thank you. All right, bye.